Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. G'day, it's Stevie from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know fuck all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex shoulder pads and helmets running around with a throwing a football. In Australia, you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field and we all stand around and drink blood watching it but american football's your thing you know what to do saints happy hour podcast stick it in your ear hole all right everybody welcome to another edition of saints happy hour podcast it's that time of week where we get on the Twitter spaces so you guys can interact with us. You can yell at us. You can ask us questions. We're having a great time. By the way, the Twitter spaces, it is presented by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com to get all your hot sauce and knives need. We love those guys and Jerry over there. Uh, Andrew's joining me as always. Andrew, before I get to you, I want to remind people also, September 16th, Live show, Port Orleans, RSVP, get your free souvenir cup featuring Honey Badger, Jarvis Landry, your first beer, three bucks in the 16-ounce cup. All proceeds go to Team Gleason. We got 55 RSVPs. We're six weeks away, but join us. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have all kinds of fun surprises. Uh, Do it already. It's going to be a great Friday. We're going to get you ready for the Saints to kick Tom Brady's ass again. But, Andrew, before uh, we started the show, you were telling me why you were late. Uh, You were texting with Nick Underhill. Tell the people this story. I was – I was. So, Nick Nick is complaining, and he he still refuses to see the resemblance with Trevor Penning, who – a.k.a. Thick Underhill. That's right. He's like – He's like, we're both the same race. We both have the same hair color. That's about it. And so I'm like, Nick, all right, I'm going to settle this. I text my wife 
and I send the picture of both guys like side by side. <laughs> and I'm like, my, my wife who doesn't know anything about football, I'm like, so uh, are these two men, are they A, look, they look nothing alike, B, they look similar, C, it's probably the same person. And <laughs> she, she, she writes back C. And so I like screen grab that text conversation and send it back to Nick. And so he's all up in arms now. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Dude, if, I, if somebody told me I look like a Saints player, I'd embrace it. But that would be bad for them because it would be like well, it would be it like Cripple started, McGee. It all started because he got mad because I said, Nick, will you please stop punching Saints players at practice? <laughs> I mean, dude – Vic Underhill, it, it's crazy. Like we we have we we task Thomas with like silly things to do, and 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 he's got high standards. But we tasked Thomas. We were like Thomas, our producer. We're like you create us a graphic that resets it days since Trevor Penning got into a fight, and I just think he's going to leave that thing at zero every for every show. <laughs> well, no, no, the numbers one. He didn't. He didn't get in a fight today. Oh, he didn't. That's right. Yeah. So it's well, been exactly one day since he's gotten in a fight, and so you know, obviously, getting thrown out of practice was the jolt that he needed. We got a couple of people that want to talk, but before I get to them, I, I want to talk about and before we get to training camp practice today, which had a cool, fun, a bunch of fun stuff today. Before we get to that, I want to say the Sean Payton to Miami thing got extra spicy today. You had ESPN Daily, and you had WWL eight seventy. Uh, had a Miami Dolphins reporter on, and they said, look, but both of the podcasts said it basically, Sean Payton was putting together a staff for the Dolphins mm-hmm. before he announced to before he announced he was retiring with the Saints. And, and I called Andrew, because Andrew, Andrew will vouch for this. I don't get mad when I'm wrong about Saints predictions or draft picks or games. I don't care. The one thing, though, that frustrates me to no end is – when something happens with the Saints and I can look back and be like, God dang it, why did I miss those signs? And I'll give you an example. Deshaun Watson, everybody was saying, oh, he wants to go to Atlanta. Maybe he wants to be closer to home. He's looking for a team that can win. And he let Cleveland back in the race because he really likes their coach and this and that. And all along, we should have said, it's all about the money. And with the Saints... I think we. I think the media either they ignored it or they don't tell us whatever. They missed two giant red flags. Remember Sean Payton? He retired, and 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 Mickey Loomis at the Senior Bowl, and right after the press conference, as Sean Payton, Sean Payton to the talk to the media, and one other time, Mickey Loomis like I'm not I'm not ready to talk about Sean leaving, and everybody's like, oh, maybe mm. he's sad and this and that. No, he was mad because Sean Payton was putting together a staff. I'm not saying that Mickey Loomis is going to hate Sean Payton forever because Connor's in turn. I, don't think, I think the Saints got over, get over it and they love Sean and they appreciate him and they realize that he's Bill Parcells 2.0 and he always wants to move on and that's just his nature. I think the Saints get over it, but I think they were mad at him. And, Andrew, the Pete Carmichael thing was weird, right? Weird, and I think, weird. Those two things should have been giant red flags to us or more likely the national media or the local media. Somebody – it should have been red flags of like something weird well, is what, going what, on. So, sorry, what, what's your thought process with Carmichael? Do you think I, he was jumping with Sean? Maybe. It's just weird. That was really – that was really weird and nobody yeah. gave me a clear explanation as to why. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think on some level, like now that we know a little bit more information about it, just kind of trying to piece the information that we have together, you know, it seems like through back channels. And, and by the way, it's unbelievable. When you consider Deflategate and Spygate and now this, it's amazing. And, and Bountygate, it's amazing how when it comes to lost draft picks, suspensions, <laughs> scandals, it, it always centers around Tom Brady and Sean Payton. It does. It's unbelievable. It's it really always is. those two. It's always those two. But, but, uh, VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So that's unbelievable, but I, I just think you know, looking back, clearly through back channels, Steve Ross was like, you know, obviously Tom Brady hated playing for Bruce Arians. And part of the reason why Arians is now no longer the head coach of the Bucks is like Tom Brady and him. I and mean, it's, it's well documented. Like, they don't work well together. And Brady was supposed – remember now, Brady was supposed to come to the Saints as a Drew Brees replacement before Brees decided to That's run right. it back another year. So Tom Brady, that year he won the Super Bowl, the Bucks. He was coming to the Saints because he wanted to work with Sean Payton. Yeah. And I think there was big regret when he decided to go to Tampa instead that he was stuck with Arians, who he really did not enjoy working and, and, with. And, so, and by the way, Tampa made the right call. They were like, hey, dude, it's Tom Brady. Bruce Arians, you need to step back. Let Tom Brady and, and, and Byron Leffridge, they're going to run the offense now, buddy. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting that through back channels, Tom and Sean were like, hey, let's get together. And Steve Ross was trying to facilitate that. And they were both going to go to Miami. And that, to the point where, like, Sean Payton was probably starting to think to himself, well, if this yeah. is happening, I need to put feelers out with some coaches and see who would go with me and what kind of staff I could build there. And so – my guess is it happened pretty quickly. My guess is that Sean Payton didn't commit to it. It was more just feeling it out and seeing if, like, if he were to do it, who would come with him. And then Brian but Flores I, set the whole I, thing yeah, on I think, fire. I think Brian Flores set the whole thing on fire. And then I think Mickey Loomis caught wind of it. And he was like, hold on a second. Like, you're under contract. You're not – you don't get yeah. to – orchestrate your own exit plan here. Yeah, we and, pay you $15 think, million I, I dollars a year, it, buddy. Yeah, we pay you. Yeah, like, and so <laughs> I think it came down to just a simple, like, you know, the the the, the obvious, like, next step there is that Sean Payton's like, well, if you don't let me go to Miami, I'm, I'm retiring. Well, here and, – and, and then Mickey Loomis said, fine, retire. Well, I dare here's, here's the thing with Saints fans, and I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again. Saints fans, don't be mad 
about this Sean Payton thing because it's Sean Payton. He really is Bill Parcells 2.0. Sean Payton. It's documented now. He tried to. He thought about seriously leaving or tried to leave the Saints three separate times this past yeah. year. 2018, and also when him and Mickey Loomis kind of butted heads, and Mickey Loomis was like, you got to fire a bunch of people, and they had to get rid of Joe Vitt and the special teams coach. So there was like three separate times where Sean Payton tried to leave or left, right? So don't be mad at Sean Payton. He, that's just who he is. I'm going to make the argument, Andrew. He, g- he gave us a lot of yeah, memories. And he a gave lot us a lot of memories. He, he put his heart and soul into the Saints. But, but as a Saints fan, be happy about this because this tells me Sean Payton – he didn't want to take a year off. He wanted to coach the Dolphins. All right? So this this isn't a retirement. This isn't Sean Payton. I'm going to try to see if I can live without coaching. No, no. He's going to be coaching next year, and the Saints are going to get draft picks. And it's going to work out in the Saints' favor very, very well. It's not going to be the Gruden two first and two seconds, but it's going to be a first or a two seconds. It's going to be a really nice package of picks. So be happy because right now, Andrew, after reading all this, I'm 100% convinced. Sean Payton, he's going to be back coaching next year. It's just, Yeah, and uh, well, he won't be going to the Dolphins because they don't have a first-round <laughs> pick. So. Just saying. So, so yeah, I want to get – before we get to training – Did you see my, uh, did you see my uh, breaking news – well, not really breaking news, but did you see my uh, information intel on Quan Alexander – yeah, it was interesting, and and, and uh, I, I want to get to that uh, before we get to Dylan and uh, Jay Bordeaux. Uh, the Saints. Uh, I thought. I thought. I mean, I know you want to parlay this into talking about what a beautiful man Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso is a beautiful man. Like I am not going to lie. I saw the picture <laughs> of him today on the sideline. He still looks as beautiful as ever. Yeah. But I mean, You're he came still out- on that train. He, after he, all these years. After all these years, he still is, man. And and the thing is, but he came out of the senior retirement home. Um, but here, <laughs> to me, Kiko Alonso um, is like investing in cinder blocks for the hurricane in case the water comes into your house. You can put your furniture up on the cinder blocks. If it gets to that point, yeah, the cinder blocks might help you a little. But you are <laughs> – you are at that point, you're fucked. Like <laughs> – so like that's my view of Kiko Alonso, but but you actually had yeah. in, you had intel about because Saints fans are like, why do they keep Kawan? Kiko Alonso's older. And he's a, explain to people why the Saints are going this route and why Kawan Alexander's with the Jets. Well, first of all, Kiko Alonso has a little bit of that psycho gene in him, uh, and he that dude's a savage. So I, I'm not I'm not counting him out as far as making this team and he he's a heat seeking you know human missile like he will put his body on the line so you know if his role is a backup to play special teams i think he will do that gladly and he will give it his all so it'll be interesting to see you know does he cost like zach bond or andrew dowell like do they lose a roster spot i think zach bond is on red alert yeah he is and i I think that's going to be a really interesting battle so you know, we'll see. Obviously, you don't want Kiko Alonso playing starting in games, right? Like Demario Davis and Pete Warner ha- have that on lockdown. Yeah. But yeah. So as I understand it, there there had been an offer on the table for a while with Quan Alexander, and uh, my understanding is that the Jets, the Saints, and and the Giants were the three teams that were kind of in the mix, uh, offering him deals, talking to him, and he was considering those three options. And what I'm told is that. What it came down to was the Saints 
flat out said, like, you're going to have a reduced role with us this year. Like the starters, are, you know, and, and when yeah. you talk about linebacker, it's really two spots, right? The majority of the snaps are being split up with two players because you're almost always in nickel. And it's DeMario and Pete Warner and the Saints have committed. Like Pete Warner is their guy. Like he is the starter next to DeMario Davis. They've made that commitment. They believe in the player. They love him. And like, that's, that's the decision they made. So like, well, Quan was still out there. They're like, look, we'd love to have you back. We're offering you this contract. It's on the table. We'll save a spot for you, but like, you're going to be a backup. And that means like, you're going to see less snaps. You, they probably don't, don't love the offer financially. And like, you're probably have to play special teams. Like that's, that's our role for you this year. And yeah, if someone gets hurt, like, and, and, you know, we might carve out a role where like you see the field a little bit, but like, you're not a starting linebacker for us. And that like, that's what we can offer you. And that's the reality of the saints. And I think it would have been an, uh, an incredible luxury to have Quan Alexander sitting on your bench waiting for an injury to happen. I mean, that would be an embarrassment of riches and I think, like, he was strongly considering it because he loved the Saints. He loved the organization. He was a leader in the locker room. But I think at the end of the day, and, and he even tweeted this. I think you saw right before he yeah. signed with the Jets, he tweeted something like, man, toughest decision of my life or whatever. And it, it came down to the Jets. Like, he's probably going to start for them at weak side linebacker. Thing. And at the very least, the Jets were like, we will give you every opportunity to battle for this job. And from, from a, a professional opportunity standpoint – he that was just he couldn't pass that up and and listen Bradley Roby basically made the same decision the Saints cut his pay drastically and he's like I'm stay I like it here I'm staying and yeah. and yeah, Bradley yeah. Roby and, may, and he might have he may have started for a different team or yeah. at least had been given a chance to start yeah so Dylan your thoughts on Sean Payton and training camp so far well first of all Nick Underhill. 100% looks like Thank Trevor you. Penning. Thank, Thank you. Please. It's not even uh, – It's. it would be like if Nick Underhill decided to go eat at Keynes across the street from the Saints facility every day for like a month or two. Like, yeah. <laughs> it looks just say, like him. I was going to say, Dylan, if Nick Underhill ate at Portacol lunch and dinner every day for two weeks, <laughs> could you be able to tell them apart? Absolutely not. Absolutely. No way. All right. So, Sean Payton. I'm over Sean Payton. Like, thank you for the memories. I'm appreciative of the Super Bowl and all that fun. But I'm I'm over Sean Payton. Just give me my picks now. That's right. That's the the thing. Give me. I'm. That's my. I want my picks. I tweeted that. You have the only proper take on Sean Payton. I'm over. Yeah. Give me the picks. The only thing though. The only thing though now is with all of this information coming out about Sean, like. I mean, you're, you can't lie, right? It, it does sting a little bit, like, hearing that he was putting together a staff and was was gunning for this Miami job because when he retired, I really believed it. I thought he was just exhausted from the past couple of years and yada, yada, yada. I believed him. So what, what this turns out to be, it would be like if you were married to somebody for – like 10 plus years. I'm not married or anything, but it'd be like if you were married for 10 plus years and you had a great marriage, blah, blah, blah. And then you get divorced for some random reason. And then you find out after the fact that like your wife or your husband has been basically cheating on you or something. Like that's what this kind of feels like. Yeah, not, maybe not cheating, but like sexting. And having yeah, like, sexting, right? yeah, like it was like, it's like, it's like, 
really, really inappropriate behavior. Not quite adultery, but like you're like it makes you it makes you it make you mad, right? Um, oh, it all makes sense now. I mean, it, it all makes sense now. And um, like I said, like there, there's no point in, in forcing Sean Payton to leave, like stay around. Like if you want to go, dude, go ahead. Like we'll just take our draft picks and we'll go on. Like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think this, Dylan, uh, and Andrew, I, I think uh, I think 100% Sean Payton's coming back next year, and I think the whole, he's going to pick his spot, and he's going to, if, if he needs to wait it out, he'll wait it out. Nah, man, he's, he's going to go somewhere, and it might be somewhere where it ain't like an elite quarterback. It'll be about... The Jets fire Robert Sala into the sun and give Sean Payton five years, a hundred million. Well, yeah. Let's go back to your original point. It's all about the money, but now, I, I still think there's so many. Look, you you can't discard Dallas and Jerry Jones. You, you just can't. No. And, and like I, I've said this before. I've been on record. It, they have to at minimum, at minimum, they have to go to the NFC Championship. If they anything less than that, McCarthy's getting fired. Like and, yeah, I, I, you can put that in ink. I promise yeah. you. And now, and but would, like also, you've got you know we we've talked about the Chargers many times. And I think that's 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 one to keep an eye on if they fire their coach. I think if Cliff Kingsbury kind of screws the pooch in Arizona again, then Kyler Murray sitting there with that new contract, Arizona could be a destination. And, and I, I'll tell you another team too, because they have new owners, and it would be weird because they don't have a first and a second round pick in 2023, so they'd have to give the Saints even further out picks. But I'm telling you, if Denver, they got that new first year coach, if he doesn't know what he's doing and he's a bad hire, the Walmart's just bought the Broncos. I could see them being like, you know what, new Denver coach, I know we owe you $10 million. We're firing you into the sun. Goodbye. And, yeah. Goodbye. And, oh, by the way, Saints, we'll give you our 2024 and our 2026 first-round pick. And that wouldn't be great necessarily because it's future picks and it'd frustrate us in 2023 because the draft would suck. But having future picks is always nice. So I just I'm going to throw the Broncos out there too. Let me and let me just add one more thing too about everything kind of all the all the puzzle pieces coming together now. This is why the Saints went all in on Chris Olave with with those draft picks yeah. trading up because now that we know that Sean Payton wants to coach now, it makes sense why the Saints were like, okay, we'll give up future picks yeah. because we know this dude wants to coach again now, and we know we're going to get and compensated Mickey, for and, him in the near future. And thanks for joining us, Dylan. And 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 um and uh Mickey Loomis. One thing he did mention that that I, that I think proves Dylan's point is Andrew is he mentioned. Look, I have all the coaches the coaches that left and their team and their teams received draft picks i have all of that information in front of me and we expect to get good compensation for sean payton so i think i think dylan's right you know i think i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a real nice package for the saints and i just think there's sean payton i would argue is probably the most desirable free agent coach that's come along in 
why don't we just like the last twenty years? Because Completely. Gruden really wasn't a wasn't wasn't a Gruden just kind of dropped out of the sky to Tampa. I mean, I, I think Sean Payton is the most desirable NFL coach that's going to be on the market next January. We've had in a generation, maybe. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, I, I got shout out to Dylan, man. Thanks as always for joining us. It, it's nice to have a blue check mark on here that knows what they're talking about. <laughs> you go to hell. You go to hell. <laughs> and by the way, the blue check mark is not all it's cracked up to be. I had to set up, refigure re- my Twitter because people just, they'll take anything you say and just come at you. It's, it's, it's very annoying. All right, we got, we got, we got Jay Bordeaux and then we're going to go to KB. Jay Bordeaux. What's your thoughts on Shane, Sean Payton and Saints camp so far in the summer? Well, it kind of means that Miami's out of the race for Sean Payton. 100%. That's pretty much the bottom line of this whole thing. And Bill Belichick is right now laughing his ass off. <laughs> you aren't kidding. <laughs> because, because this whole fiasco wouldn't have happened if they let Brian Flores keep his job. And, you know, because he was doing a good job in Miami. So uh, the way that he got fired, it, it was whole mess up. And that's how the whole domino effect is. But I'm going to throw in one more team for you guys in terms of Sean Payne. And it. they're playing right now in the uh, in the Hall of Fame game right now. And that's the Oakland, uh, not the Oakland, right? The Las, Las Vegas record. Ah. Because keep in mind, they did hire Josh McDaniels, and we know how much of a mess up he was the first dinner around right. with Denver. And you don't think that he will? You think he hasn't learned his lesson the first time, though? I don't has, buy. It. You never know, right? And again, again, there are going to be teams like you said that want a someone who is experienced enough like a Sean Payne, yeah, and will willing to give up draft capital to get Sean Payne. And besides, Mark Davis is under pressure to get this team going, even though he they just went to the postseason last year. But it was like a one and done with a mismatch of coaches. Yeah. You know, so they want to get some, Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, of all the new coaches, and, I, you know, you, they all think they're going to be successful. And I, I put – I don't think Dennis Allen is going to be a giant failure. Not, Sean Payton's not coming back. No. But there's going to be, Andrew, there always is, like – one or two rookie coaches every year where you're like, that dude is completely out well, I mean, of his you, depth. All you have to do is go full Urban Meyer and you, yeah. you can get fired. Like you, had, you had Urban Meyer uh, and I would say you had Joe Judge. Like they were like yeah. completely out of their depth. And, yeah, and look, look, two things. I mean, first of all, thank you, Jay Bordeaux, for uh, reminding me this game was on because I just turned it on. I <laughs> but, but also, uh, you know, I will say with the Raiders especially, you could tell me any scenario and I would believe it's possible. <laughs> in, in terms of guys getting fired, no job is safe there. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. 
And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. Well, that and also the Bears, Chicago Bears as well, because remember, they're also going through the new stadium talks and all that, and they want to get some sort of positivity going through from Illinois, like, eh. Kind of, kind of a homecoming, maybe. Right, and again, everyone's going to have some sort of draft capital. You said about the twenty twenty three. I don't think we're going to wait that long in terms of like, like you said, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty six draft. It's going to be probably next to next year. Oh yeah, and it's going to be multiple because like, there's no way we're not going to have a draft pick there. Yeah, and it, uh, but, it's going to be there's going to be teams that you don't that we're not even thinking about, and they're going to fire their coach, and they're going to want Sean Payton. Yeah, especially with the AFC West. Like the AFC West is so loaded that you could see one team like fall off the wayside, and they could be like like I said with Denver and with uh, Las Vegas. Like if they don't stumble with these first year coaches, they might think, hey, we need to get rid of uh, this coach. And get Sean Payne in because he can work with the offense, you know. Well, that's the thing. I, I think a lot of times we don't even know who are the coaches that are going to get fired, well, but, but there's the, going to be there's going to be eight of them at least. Is right? there? This, this happens every season, and, yeah. and I just think Sean Payton goes up to the top of the list for all eight of those teams. They're all going to want him, and so I just think from a compensation standpoint, that's a good thing for the Saints that drives Here, up the cost. Here's my question to you. Jay Bordeaux, and then then we we got a bunch of people, so we got to get to them. But Matt Rule's going to get fired into the sun. He's going to get put into mm-hmm. a cannon. He might get put into a cannon before. I think he's going to get put in a cannon before Halloween. That's just my prediction. Fired into the sun. The dude who owns Carolina Panthers is worth like ten billion dollars or something. He's a hedge fund dude. Is there any price? Carolina could pay that would make you say yes. Like Sean Payton, you can go to Carolina. Is there any? Is there any price? Uh, I think it's a Deshaun Watson uh, trade times like two. So let's say what was it three? Three <laughs> first round. Legally, you can't so, give up yeah, more than times three, two. It's against because the, like I, I think it's got to be three firsts if it's Carolina. I think uh, you got to pay the way more. Yeah, it's probably going to be like. Five first rounders, like you said, because be, of the division rival. It's probably got to be three firsts, two second, and a two seconds and a like. I, if I was the Saints, I'd be like, I want three first, I want and two seconds, or I want J.C. Horn, who we wanted originally, and he's a good corner, and we don't even need a fucking corner, but we want him <laughs> just so you cannot have him. How about that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. much like, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the equivalent of like a Yankees trading away a play to the Red Sox. Like, that's there's right. no way that would happen unless you really cripple the other team. That's right. Which I would love so much to do, but I don't think it's possible. No. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with so. you. Thank, well, thanks, hey, Jay. Jay Bordeaux, thanks. Take care, man. As always. Uh, all right, uh, I guess uh, Ralph, you want to go to KB? Yeah, then? I want to go to I want to go to KB. KB, I want your th- thoughts on Sean Payton, but also I need to know the film you've been watching. What you what you've been what you've been watch what you've been watching for us? Um, I've been doing some college stuff recently because I've been out of touch with college, so I've been doing a lot of like old Oklahoma stuff. Like like Wishbone, like JT Holloway, Barry Switzer. No, no, like Lincoln Riley. <laughs> oh, Lincoln, sucks I'm old. as a head coach. 
Yeah, Lincoln. So I, I, Lincoln I, Riley. He's gonna. He's gonna love flying cross country and playing in New Jersey so much when he goes to the. Oh, I can't wait for that. I'm gonna go to that game like specifically. <laughs> Are you ready for my Sean Payton hot take? I, I give it to us. I think Sean Payton is so lazy. That's my hot take. Like, <laughs> I think he like did the rebuild thing post Katrina. Post like went through the breeze thing. Breeze ends up being a Hall of Famer. He's like, I literally never have to try again. Why the hell would I not link up with Tom Brady for some part of the ownership of the Miami Dolphins? There's like all this. Oh, he's gonna go to the three and thirteen Jets and like <laughs> restart with Zach Wilson. Absolutely I, not. He's I not going it. anywhere where he has to do anything. That man is so goddamn lazy. He's like, I'm never staying in less than five stars. It's never no. I mean, again. why would he? I mean, he's already <laughs> won a Super Bowl. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Like, what else is there to do except just like collect Hall of Fame talent and just go travel from job to job and coach it? Yeah, but I mean, can. there's a there's a world where like the Cowboys are not the Cowboys' job doesn't open. The Chargers with uh, Brandon Staley are good. The Denver is good enough. They keep the coach. Like, there's a world where, like, a job with, like, a top seven quarterback doesn't open up. And then, and then like, clearly, he doesn't – this whole thing of, like, I want to try something new, it was all crap. Like, he wants to be a coach. He's going to coach. Like, there's a world where, like, that doesn't happen for him in January. And he's got to choose between, like, going to the Jets or – Somewhere else. Well, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a free agent next year, and part of Tom Brady's next endeavor is that he wants to be partial owners of franchise. And there's a franchise out there that doesn't like their quarterback. That's gonna say, "I'm gonna give you an executive position if you play quarterback for us for one or two years." You're 47 years old at that point. You know, you kind Who would of want maybe what he, team? What team? You I think? don't know. Chicago. I, I, I still think it would be Miami, though, right? Well, they can't because they only have one first-round pick. So they're kind of stuck with Tua. There's really nothing they could offer Tom Brady. And also, they really can't specifically with him. I mean, he'll be a free agent, so it's not tampering. But from an executive position, I don't think that they can. Like, I think they risk getting their franchise, like, shut down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would be rough rough optics. Yeah, I, I think they're out, but... You know, there's another team out there, like, I don't know, maybe out west, if there's teams that, are, you know, Tom Brady might be interested. And remember, he wants an ownership position. So there's they're going to give him a piece of the team in exchange for playing quarterback for one or two years. And they say, we will go get you, Sean Payton, in exchange for that. I, I like I like that theory. KB, I, I I really like it. It's not In my a mind, I'm, it's Andrew, true. I'm turning the teams. Like, what team would be would would be like Tom Brady? We will give you what you want. But the thing is, they they've got to be decent. Like Tom Brady, he picked Tampa, or, or like Andrew said, he was going to come to the Saints if Drew Brees retired. Like Tom Brady is not going. <laughs> To and I know it wouldn't happen because of Trevor well, Lawrence. The Dolphins, Dolphins offered him partial ownership. Yeah, but the Dolphins on What I'm saying though is the Dolphins weren't like a dumpster fire team. Like Tom Brady's not going to go to a team that's the full rebuild, right? So it's got to be no. a team with a decent roster. Definitely, but I think 
that's going to be part of the pitch as Tom Brady's a free agent next year. And if he or Sean Payton or the two of them together are a package and there's no place for them in the league next year, that's when Sean maybe takes a different job and Tom Brady goes to his TV deals. Mm. Yeah. You know, because I, that's I, a safety I, I would, net for I him. would tend to think, and I could be wrong about this, I think there's always going to be a place for Tom Brady and Sean Payton. I think that someone will say, yes, give me that Seattle? in my current situation. I mean, do you think Washington? Oh, dude, dude, yes, yes. Because here's the thing: Daniel Snyder, he has a billion dollars, and the thing is, the only thing that can get the stink off of him is you get Sean Payton and you get Tom Brady, and the thing is, they're the face of your franchise and all your crud and horribleness gets shoved into the closet and you shut the door, and it's all in the closet and the door's vibrating, but out front, it's nice because it's Tom Brady and Sean Payton. I like I like. I think Washington. the only problem with that is Washington has incredibly shitty assets. That's right. Well, and... I mean, their defense is okay, and they got they got the first round pick, right? So, I'm talking like physically, like facilities. Oh yeah, yeah. The their, their stadium falling apart, the almost trash killed Jalen Hurts last year. It's unbelievably bad. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. No. Uh, KB, before we let you bounce, um, your thoughts just on camp so far? Do you have like anything you're pleased with? Anything you're kind of worried about? Um, not really. I think I like kind of what I've seen from especially our wide receiver core like oh my god it's so nice looking at Michael Thomas back on the field who doesn't love it um I think offensive line stays my number one concern I don't know what Trevor Penning just has so much growing up to do and I think we all knew that going into it but if he's going to run with the ones and kind of be a key part of what we're building on going into the year that concerns me he's just not ready so I'm interested to see. There's not really a lot of depth there to kind of see what they end up well, rolling the thing out is, with. The one thing, KB, I'll say about Trevor Penning is Dennis Allen has spoke on two separate – after two separate practices. He's spoken glowingly about James Hurst. So I don't think they're going to give it to Penning. Like he's going to have to earn it. So if they feel good enough to put him there, I'll feel okay about it, at least until I see Trevor Penning stink in games that count. But I feel like they have James Hurst and they, they're confident in him. So, like, my main concern with the offensive line is they, they James Hurst can only plug one of their problems. Like, if Penning isn't good enough, they can play him at left tackle. But once they play Hurst at left tackle, guard, if if, if Pete and, and Ruiz aren't good, then then you have a problem there. So... That's my only. That's my only issue at, at, at offensive line. Not that if the Saints decide to play Penning, like that they're that they're that he hasn't earned it and it's going to be a disaster or something. Because her no, Hurst and I've heard that Pete that. and Ruiz have had good camps, right. but it's still like a fairly concerning part of the team. Like I don't worry about the secondary, and I I think uh, Chauncey Garner should be paid. By the way, that's right. Um, I don't like, you know, that stuff doesn't really bother me. Defensive line, I think we're fine. It's, it's offensive line because if we don't protect Jameis, then it doesn't matter how yeah. good the receivers because are. Because if you don't, thanks for joining us, KB. If you don't protect Jameis, Andrew, then you get, you, you, 
the, the, the worse the protection is, the more full on Jameis experience you get because Jameis becomes more Jameis-y yeah. the less you protect him. The one thing well, I'll say- Well, here's, here's what I want to ask you about Ruiz. So there's been some sound bites. Andrews Pete has come out and said that he's the most improved player on the team. That's and that right. He's completely he's, – he's worked the hardest in the offseason. Contavious kind of Street. Thing. So Contavious Street came out and said that he's tough to play against because his hands are violent and he's got, you know, athleticism. He can move laterally and so – I don't know. Are you buying or selling kind of all these Saints players? Like, do you put it to you this way? Do you think the coaching staff blackmailed the players to say, "Hey, you got to say nice <laughs> things about Ruiz" because the no, fans I, are about to? You know, I'll, I'll say this: Doug Marone is a really freaking good offensive line coach. And the thing is, when you combine Doug Marone, Zach, and let's Street, not for, and let's not forget Streif and uh, Jari yeah, Evans is in the mix. Too, Marone, yeah. Zach Streif, Jari Evans, they. You have two Hall, Saints Hall of Famers. You have a great offensive line coach. And not only are they are Zach Streif and Jari Evans great players, and maybe they're, they're going to be great coaches, you don't know, but they know this system inside and out. So when they're, ta- when they're talking to Ruiz, they're not just talking to him in general about, hey, this is how you become a good and better guard. They're talking to him, Andrew, in a way of, Caesar, this is how you – succeed in this system i played this system for a decade this is what you got to do buddy and i think that extra thing it can't be anything but a positive so i'm i'm buying it because it's august and i want to buy it yeah i'm with you and uh well apparently uh, pete like kb said he's healthy right now and he's he's looking great so you know it's hard there, there hasn't been much tackling um and a lot of this has just been the one-on-one battles a lot of times you can gauge just from how these guys are doing in in those sets but uh look if the guard play is good with those two i, I think that's a big deal you know for the team and and one thing um that i saw today a bunch of different reporters nick underhill and uh the, the reporter from the doug uh I forget his last name from channel doug 4. walker uh doug no not doug it's the the guy from channel four i can't <laughs> i can't remember his name um but they were talking about jarvis landry and how He's not really spectacular, but he's just consistent day in and out. And I was like, I said mm. something. I said something on Twitter today. I was like, that's great. And somebody, a, a Browns fan or or a Dolphin, like, great man. En- enjoy your enjoy your. Are four- you talking about Doug Mouton? Yeah, Doug Mouton. And 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 and, a, and a, I was a Dolphin fan or a Browns fan. They jumped in. They're like, yeah, enjoy your enjoy your four catches for thirty one yards. And it made me think of your comment last year when the Saints were chasing Beckham really hard, and people were like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be four catches for thirty-one yards. That's going to change everything." And you were like, "Have you seen? Have you seen the Saints wide receivers? I would kill for four for thirty-one every week. <laughs> like, like if Jarvis Landry gives us four for thirty-two yards every week, like that's cool. Like because it's probably going to be like three third-down conversions, like." Yeah, I, I, I think that that's where, you know, throwing stats out like that is kind of irresponsible because if your four for 31 is like a five-yard catch on third and three, I mean, look, I'm sorry, but that's a big fucking deal. That is a huge play because you move the chains, you sustain a drive, you keep it going. And so, I like, there. there's the seven-yard catch on third and 15 that is absolutely worthless and then there's the five yard catch on third and three, which is like a difference making play. 
And, and so th- those are not the same thing. And you know what the Saints receivers were doing last year? They were catching a bunch of seven-yard passes on third and 15. That's what they were good for. <laughs> they weren't so, really even doing like, that. <laughs> let's, let's not make a false equivalence here when uh, Callaway has four catches for 31 yards. Let's not have a false equivalence here and say that Jarvis Landry's four for 31 are the same thing. They're not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, Bud Rich, he's joining us. Bud Rich, thoughts on Sean Payton and, and Saints camp so far? I think Sean Payton is going to be a hot for the market. And if the Saints don't come with a first-round pick, I'm wondering, who are they just playing like poker against themselves and just trying to lowball low everything? Because I can see maybe at most five teams looking at Sean Payton. And there'll be teams that they'll, they haven't quote-unquote fired their coach yet. But they're just seeing if he's if he's within their range, and that seems like the Texans, the Jets, the Chargers, and you have teams like Washington and Dallas. They'll just go all in because I think both of those coaches are going to get fired. Ooh, that would be that would be for the Texans. I mean, I I don't I think the Texans would pay him. The Texans though, that would be four coaches in four years. <laughs> the Tex because the Texans they're a fit show. I mean. They fired like a, a good coach because they wanted to get someone better, but they caught so much flack. They're like, and then the NFL came up and then saying, "Hey, listen, you got to hire a minority coach because none of them, none of these other teams did. You got to do it. So we got to prove where, you know, we want more black people I or got, other minority team coaches." So they hired Lovey Smith. I got, I got the ultimate rebuild plan for the Texans because the Texans' enthusiasm in Houston, it's really kind of waning because they suck. And the Astros are kind of taking over. The Rockets are terrible. I have the ultimate rebuild plan for the, for the Texans, Andrew. Hire Sean Payton, give the Saints the Browns' number one pick, and pay the Titans $25 million and get the Oilers' logo back. And you yeah. introduce Sean Payton in the Oilers blue, and you fuck this this, this city. Houston would would go nuts. And- now, now you now you've lost you you and your logos and your jerseys and your color combinations. <laughs> yeah. so you've you've lost. Yeah, but the the Browns pick could be good because Deshaun Watson's going to get. Oh, you had me there. Like, I was paying attention. I I was real interested in what you were selling right up (laughs) until until you started talking about logos and colors and all that. But no, I I think this is a non. This is not a conversation unless they're getting a first round pick plus. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like the Browns pick will only be bad if the NFL PA doesn't like like. The court, it's out of court quick because apparently the NFL PA and Deshaun Watson's crew are prepared to sue the NFL because because they are appealing, you know, his his suspension saying that, you know, no, 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 we, we well, want more here's, games. Here's the thing, Deshaun Watson, like, he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Like Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that so, that's the thing that lost me complete with Watson. He doesn't he doesn't feel remorseful or guilty, and that's that's not what that's something I can't I can't stand by. I mean the FLPA, I think they're just doing their jobs. But if I was in the FLPA, I'd be like, no, Watson, you're by yourself. You, you, you don't look remorseful. You don't look sad. I, I don't care. You're, you're not. We're not defending you. If I was Watson, I would take the twelve games and the nine million dollar 
fine the NFL was offering because yeah. clearly they're going to – clearly Goodell is not fooling around. Like they're not they're not going to take the PR hit of having him only sit out six games. Like this NFL to me, Andrew, not that we care because it's a this Saints podcast, but I think the NFL – like they're like, that ain't going to fly. No way. No way. No way. Bud Rich, man, thank you. I appreciate you coming on as always. Always mm-hmm. a great supporter. Uh, let's go to uh, Houdat Davis. What you got for us today? Yo, what's going on? What's up? What's up? Hey, man. First of all, Ralph, please stop treading on my feet. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why, why is it every time I open up my Twitter, you're trending for some reason? What are you doing? What are you in- explaining? Ralph, yourself? look, you know what it is? Is Ralph is really good at angering people. I am. So, like, I... and and you know what, Ralph, like. He's like, look, if people are talking about me, if it's all vitriol and everyone hates me, like, they're still talking about me. So, like, that's the sad thing in all this. Like, you're exactly <laughs> right. Like, Ralph is winning. Like, it, it, he's annoying and we all hate him, but he's winning. I mean, I get – like, the Tyron Matthew thing I can kind of understand. But, like, most of my things, it's just, like, I just, like, shoot out, like, 50 hot takes when the Saints practice, when it's when it's going on, and I see videos, I just get excited about stuff. Most of it's not. Most of it's not people pointing vitriol at me, Andrew. But when they point the vitriol at me, it's like a nuclear missile. They point at me. They don't. They don't fool around. The, the respect is privacy. Like with, with uh, Honey Badger, like we were evading his privacy. It was just ridiculous. It was so over the top. It was. So anyway. to start off with Sean Payton, uh, I want to. Just echo what Dylan said earlier when he first showed up. When he first showed up, shout out to Dylan, by the way. Love your stuff. But uh, what Dylan said earlier about you know, had that feeling of you know you were married for a while, then they found out that they were practically cheating. Uh, to to, to kind of put my own little spin on that, it kind of just felt like Sean was really just doing some slick shit under the table <laughs> while you're sitting there just. You know, trying trying to engage in a healthy relationship with them, which is kind of what he like does, that. right? That's and, right. And it, it, but what really, but as I was sitting there, kind of just initially just surprised at the news, I come to find out, I'm not really all that surprised because I look at the difference between Dennis Allen and how he's coaching now to Sean Payton, and I come to realize that Sean Payton was practically telling us without actually telling us that he didn't want to be here no more. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the nonverbal communication between Sean Payton and I say the media to how he really approached the players and uh, addressing positions of need that are obvious needs. I think Sean Payton was just telling us uh, I'm just doing enough to make sure that you guys are interested enough in me, but don't want to get rid of me and, right away. And and here's the thing, Huda Davis, I think, that's a, I think that's a good point. And the one thing that sort of perked my ears up with the whole Saints season was, and this is going to sound strange, is the Miami Dolphin COVID game. In that, I know people would say, well, the Saints couldn't win and they were decimated with COVID and Sean Payton was talking about how they were dressing players in the locker room. I get all that. But it just felt to me like in that moment, like a fully engaged Sean Payton would have got really weird on offense. And that offensive game plan, I know they had Ian Book. They didn't do anything interesting at all. And I was just like, 
This is Sean Payton, man. He takes risks all the time. And this is what you're giving us with Ian Book. It just was weird. A weird sort of thing. And I'm not saying he didn't try hard every week with the Saints. But it, it just that moment. And it still feels, when I look back at it, it still feels strange to me. And I think I think clearly, like, Sean Payton admitted, like, he knew, like, at the beginning of the year, he's like, this was going to be it. So I, I definitely think there was some, there was some, there was a lot of things churning in the background that we had no idea what was happening. Right. But even, even with that, I didn't want Sean Payton to come back anyway, because if you're going to leave, great. Okay. Hit, don't look through a hit you with a good Lord's butcher. And I want them picks back in for compensation because we put up with you for a decade plus. So we deserve that. But what really got me was Dennis Allen showed that he really wanted to be here. And he made efforts to really put this team in the best position Mm -hmm. to succeed this year. And I did not want, you know, Sean Payton, when Drew Brees was uh, was playing the media, talking about potentially coming back, and Sean Sean Payton's name was being – brought back out in the media i was like i did not want sean payton coming back to this team and trying to take credit for what dennis allen has put <laughs> together in this short in a short time as the new orleans saints head coach i didn't want that that wouldn't be fair to dennis allen so no and, i've and, already worked off that train and th- thanks to that davis and and andrew you know the the one point that he makes about uh sean payton not wanting to get the, sh- the credit i think that's interesting but another point that i think People need to calm, slow their roll a little bit. They're like, oh, my God, Sean Payton's going to come back, and he's going to raid the staff. Oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Uh, but listen, a lot of Sean Payton's like core guys, like Curtis Johnson, he's gone. They fired him. Bill Johnson, he's old. Like A lot of his core guys, if he goes and gets another job, he can hire them. And also, too, like if the Saints win this year, who's to say that like Ryan Nielsen – or uh, Chris Richards, or somebody else. Who's to say they might not be like, "Hey, you know what? Dennis Allen's kind of cool. Like, I like working for Dennis Allen. He's a he's a great boss. Like, Sean, I don't want to go to Dallas with you. I mean, I have a boss. If she she's awesome. If she told me she had to go to hell, I'd be like, I'd pack a water. I'm going with you. Like, so I just think that 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 the fear that like Sean Payton's going to pillage the staff, like. That's not necessarily true. Like maybe the Saints will be successful, and we. And the thing is, we know that if Dennis Allen says, "Hey, Gail, I need extra three hundred. I need extra four hundred grand to keep Chris Richards." Like it'll happen. Like she'll do it. Well, it make it makes you wonder, like how much of Mickey Loomis denying the Dolphins from being able to acquire Sean Payton and talk to him, and he denied that request. How much of that was rooted in protecting? His assist, the assistant staff that they had on, yeah. on, on, you know, on the team. So, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting layer to it. Uh, Joshua, you're up, man. Unmute yourself. Uh, and, and just curious, how are you feeling about Cam? Give us your thoughts just about where the Saints are at. Now, obviously, the Honey Badger is back. That's huge news. Uh, I, for one, am thrilled that he's back in the mix. But, uh, Joshua, give us your thoughts. Man, I am, I am uh, I'm thrilled about camp so far. Um I think that we need to stop Paulson Adebo. We need to wrap, wrap him in bubble wrap and <laughs> aside for the rest of the season because we see this all the time. A player comes out, they're having an amazing camp. Hey, you know, the Ken Crawley effect. They look amazing, and all of a sudden, boom, they have some weird injury. 
Um, even with Marshawn Lattimore today, he went back in the locker room. So that kind of has to be a little worried, not too worried, but a little. Um, but I think camp is it, – it, it's it's looking good and shaping up good a lot better than we were last year. Um, and I think Ralph mentioned in another podcast, it was just I like to see the offense win one day, the defense win the next day. It means that both teams yes. are pretty good rather than in 2015. We're starting we to see a little Jameis freak out, though. I saw on Saints Twitter today, we're starting to see a little Jameis freak out. Like, he's not putting good practices back-to-back. He's, maybe he's not going to be that good. Like, we're starting to see a little freak out. It's okay, people. It's fine. He's going against the best it's defense fine. in the NFL. Well, exactly. to, to Joshua's point, look, I, I don't want to get all political here and start talking about vaccines and COVID, but, like, when it comes to a Debo man, respect his choice. I don't want him to get vaccinated. Like I, I look, I'm boosted. <laughs> I, I've done all the things I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm, you know, behind the science and all that. But clearly, whatever Adibo is doing, it's working for him. Dude, so, everybody you know, got COVID re- last year for the Saints, the and he didn't. I'm just saying, and he didn't. Everybody had COVID in that building, and he didn't. Um, you know, Joshua, this this team, it to me. When you talk about – they were like the secondary did these amazing things today. And I tweeted out – I was like, they are they were looking great against a really good receiving core. And the best nickel corner arguably in the NFL was on the sideline doing a hold-in. And the Saints secondary was still looking amazing. Think about that, Andrew. I still don't believe it. I still <laughs> don't believe it. If you would have told me the Saints – have an embarrassment of riches at cornerback, I would have told you you're lying to me. Get out of weird. my face. Weird, I don't ever weird. want to talk it's to really you. Weird. Like, no, never would I thought in a million years the Saints would have just a ridiculous amount of depth at, at corner. And I was talking to a friend about that today was just the difference between good teams and bad teams are their depth. And Saints have stupid depth at defense, and they just keep adding more pieces to it. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and, it's so true, Josh. And, Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Before, uh, you know, Ralph, I'll tell you this, man. Um, to Joshua's point about the corners on this team and the depth at that position, you know, we know Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He's not holding out, but he's at practice, so he can't get fined and all that. But he's holding out. It's the mod. It's the mod hold. It's the it's 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 what you're gonna see going forward. Because I think if you yeah. hold out, the fine is fifty thousand dollars a day. I, I think I think how this plays out is gonna be really interesting. Because I gotta be honest. Look, I know Saints fans love him, and, and Ralph, I'll fully admit that I'm like in a camp of like less than one percent of the fan base. That's <laughs> like, I, I like him. I think he's a good player. Like, don't get me wrong, but like I. I I don't think he is a critical piece. And I I just think if Chauncey Gardner-Johnson didn't talk a bunch, like if he wasn't a loudmouth, I I honestly think like we we would like him. Like we we wouldn't – he'd be like Marcus Williams or less. Like I just – I don't think anyone in the fan base would would be talking about him because like his play on the field is a little up and down. Like he he makes some plays, but tackling-wise, I think he's worse than Marcus Williams. And like – He's a slot corner that's not a great man cover guy. So, like, he is replaceable. And I don't think he has great leverage in negotiations because of the depth of that position that the Saints have. So, it's going to be really interesting for me just to see. And, and I get, like, there is this X factor with him. And we all see it. We all know it. And I, me speaking is probably making a lot of people's blood boil because that, that's how loved he is. And he does have this X factor 
that he brings, the intensity to his game, how he – and he's fun. Like, forget, like, the X's yeah. and O's. Like, he's fun for the fan base. So, like, those are all reasons why everyone wants to keep him around. But, like, man, I just keep going back to the business side of it. And, like, slightly unsound player. He likes to gamble. Sometimes that pays off big time because he has good instincts and he has big playability. But – he also not a great yeah. cover guy. He'll miss some tackle. I'm just saying, like, you can find a slot cover guy that's maybe a little bit better of a tackler, maybe a little bit better of a cover guy, and, like, he is replaceable. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I could see the Saints being like, look, dude, the highest paid slot corners is, like, four for 32 or four for 30. Like, we'll give you four for 32, and that'll make you, like, a top three or whatever or maybe even the highest paid slot corner, whatever. Maybe they go to nine million. But I could see Chauncey Gardner Johnson wanting like twelve or thirteen, and the Saints being like, "No, dude, we're not, we're not giving we're not giving you we're not giving well, you yeah, we're I, not giving I, you I have four no for forty eight. I have no idea what he wants and how realistic it is. But I, I do know that Chauncey Gardner Johnson and, and fans are kind of drinking this Kool Aid that he's the best slot corner in the league. And I don't, I don't believe that's true. But I want him to stay. Like, I, like, but here's I want him to stay. Too. I want him to stay too. By here, the way, I don't want him gone. I don't want him gone. Clear, like, I don't want to lose him. Here's my thing, and then we're gonna get the barstool, barstool Nola. My thing with Chauncey Gardner Johnson is I love him, and the Saints need to resign him. But here's the thing: if there's a team out there that'll give the Saints a second round pick, if the Saints make the decision, we're not gonna pay him. You got to trade him if you can get higher. I, I, but I, because I, here's I, the thing: I that if they if were you, going to trade him, my my belief is that it would have already happened. That's true. I, I I don't think you come into camp with a guy. It's different if you come into camp with a guy and he's not starting. But when you start camp and he's a starter on the depth chart, I just I don't like that. You know what I mean? Like they would have found someone else to be their nickel guy. Like then it moved. I, I, yeah. I, I I think I think. The odds are more likely they're going to resign. Yeah, I think I think they're going to. Re- but, but with anything, Ralph, it's like my answer is not yes or no to Chauncey Garner Johnson because it's completely dependent on what that contract ends up being. If they pay him as the highest slot corner in the league, and and by the way, if he hits free agency, he can get that. Dude, he, he can absolutely day get that one. If he he'll get it. day day yeah. one. He'll get it. But you know, free agency is known to, to be a market of overpay. And a lot of guys, I mean, do you want Christian Kirk as your number one receiver at that contract? I know I don't. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it all depends on what Mickey Loomis is willing to offer and, and is he willing to take it. All right, here's one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Uh, they do great Saints highlights. They do countdown to the season opener. It's amazing. Barstool Nola, thoughts on Sean Payton and Saints camp day eight. Yeah, appreciate it. I'll- I'm flattered, by the way. I think you're probably one of my favorite Twitter accounts. A um, few things. Uh, Lattimore is fine. I uh, I talked to a guy, a uh, good source. He reps the Saints. Got a little check mark next to him. Uh, you probably follow him on Twitter, too. But he's fine, just precautionary, so he should be good. Uh, they're, they're probably not going to play much in the preseason anyways. Um, I was listening to your Sean Payton conversation about where he goes. And I don't know if it's a high noon stalking, but I had a crazy theory. <laughs> Give it to what us. Is, you know me. I love, I love a crazy theory. Lay it on us. All right. Listen to this. This is Andy Reid's last year. Oh, here we go. If Andy Reid walks away and Patrick Mahomes, who does not get along with Eric Bieniemy, 
And uh, Sean Payton openly wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes. That is a, that is a fact. He was going to take Patrick yep. Mahomes with the 11th pick in 2017. What if Kansas City's like, all right, we will give you our next two first round picks and, and like two second round picks, which are probably going to be closer to the second round anyways, via Sean Payton yeah. and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And Sean Payton goes to the AFC West. And it's Patrick Mahomes and Sean Payton for the next decade. I like that theory, Barstool Sports. The only thing, and I did not realize this until very recently, Kansas City is one of the lowest cash over cap teams in the NFL. Meaning they don't have a crazy amount of money to spend and they don't loomis the cap, really. That's why they got rid of... Tyreek Hill for part of it, and, and and so I think Kansas City would be very, very hesitant, not necessarily to pay Sean Payton, but to pay him and have to give up all those draft picks. It could like squeeze all their finances because you know I know Coach. Well, yeah, but cap. hold on, well, well, hold on, but uh, I mean they've got the they've got the draft capital because of uh, the bounty they got from. Tyreek. So yeah, and uh, yes, yeah, yeah. so and I, listen. I, 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 so they'll they'll have the draft capital. And look, is it that much of a stretch that they could get Kai Hartley too? You know, and bring him with Sean and have him like, massage the cap. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I like I like this prediction. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's it's more it's more of a theory. I wouldn't say prediction. I, I mean, realistically, like if I if I have to put money on on the you know DraftKings sportsbook app, by the way, uh, I am doing uh, I'm going Dallas, but. Sean has made so much money over the years that I think that he is uh, – you look at it. He should probably have two or three more rings at this point. If you go back 2011, 2018, and probably 2020, um, it, he he probably just wants to play for rings right now. So I think he'd probably go at a reduced rate money-wise, and he would just go because he would be walking into just – a generational talent again like can you imagine going from drew Brees, the most accurate quarterback of all time to patrick mahomes granted i thought he was going to do really good work with Jameis, and he was on pace to do that before he got hurt but i mean this is generation talent sean payton was one of the few people who saw what patrick mahomes could be along with andy reed i think that would be a very interesting move because that afc west isn't going anytime well, isn't going anywhere well, with I, with with russell Derek, and uh herbert i like the theory in this sense maybe it's not kansas city but I, bar so i 100 percent believe and andrew you tell me if you think i'm wrong i just think there's going to be a team that we're going to be like wow they're like I could see it drop out of the sky, and we're like, "Wow, that team's got Sean Payton now." I did not see that coming, and I because because I just think owners will look at him and be like, "Sean Payton can get me the ring." And yeah, I could, like I, like, Seattle, yeah, like, like I said, I could see Seattle have, with Bryce have, Young. You're and- going to have eight teams with coaching vacancies. And Sean Payton is going to be at the top of the list of all eight. So with Pete Carroll in Seattle, there's been some rumors there. They're going to get a they're going to get a big quarterback this year, rather C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, could you get, give Sean Payton, Bryce Young, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, yeah. and and you go up there and and Seattle's got money, and I, I think that would be a very interesting situation too. You're still in the NFC. You're in the NFC West. I don't like Trey Lance. 
I think I, I don't think the Kyler Murray project with Cliff is going to last much longer. And Sean McVay, I mean, he's kind of already hinted at his, at his next future. So, like, how much longer are they going to run the show in L.A.? If you give Sean Payton a rookie quarterback like Bryce or CJ, or even like say like there's a guy that comes out of nowhere this year like uh, like Levis or, um, or or Tyler Van Dyke, and he just molds them and, and yeah. his guy like that's a dangerous situation. Yeah, it just, you're just gonna have you're just gonna have because it, it, it all like like just take for the last year, and I know it won't. It, it's not analogous because the, the, Stephen Ross made it a cluster and it, and they they just got bombed with tampering. But like when 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 Brian Flores when it came out he was fired. Everybody was like, "What? The the Dolphins fired Brian Flores? What is going on?" So that you're you're gonna have like a job or two open that we just don't see coming. I'll throw out another name. Like I could a hundred percent see Cleveland being like. Stefanski, Ooh. even though Deshaun Watson didn't play this year, and we kind of screwed you, and you had to go, you had to play Jacoby Brissett, and you went seven and ten, and it's not your fault. We're firing you out of a cannon anyway, and we're going to get Sean Payton. Like I, I just, you know, like I could, I could see it, and uh, I could see Cleveland, I could see Cleveland, Andrew being being very drawn to Sean Payton because Sean Payton will not he will browbeat the the media to stop talking about the Deshaun Watson nonsense. No, at least absolutely. at least locally. He'll just he just yeah. won't put up with it. No, I am with you and uh hey uh Barstool Nola, thanks so much man. I, uh this is your first time hopping on our spaces. We hope to see you again. Uh you've got some great content for us. I appreciate you joining us today. Appreciate uh, and, it, and, yeah. And, and check out Barstool Nola, by the way. They they do some great stuff. Great, great content on Twitter. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, man. Um, all right, uh, David, you're up next. Um, and we definitely want to hear what you have to say. R- Ralph, real quickly before we get to David, though, um, we talk about the Saints and specifically kind of this first preseason game that, that's happening right now. So, obviously, the Saints' first preseason game is right around the corner. What is the one thing that you're looking at where you're saying, as you sit here today, okay, we got we got a preseason game right around the corner. What's like the one thing you're looking for that you're like, man, I would love to get an answer to that question. I mean, obviously the starters aren't going to play a ton. You, yeah. We're not looking for Michael Thomas to have eight catches for 80 yards. You know, like if Michael Thomas, he probably isn't even playing in the first preseason yeah. game, but like, What's like a realistic thing that you think we should be looking for that if it happens, we should be really happy? I think a realistic thing, the a realistic thing that could make us really happy, really happy and really excited, I think we could get an answer at running back behind Kamara because Kamara is gonna, not going to play. Ingram's probably not going to play. So Tony Jones Jr., he looked good today. You got Abram Smith. Like I think you, there's, a, there's a chance – where we could have a running back do something good and get really excited about it. If it's Tony Jones Jr., it'll be a little weird because we'll be like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. But I think getting feeling better about running back is something that can happen. And maybe Mark Ingram plays and they give him two carries and he has 19 yards and we feel great about it. Yeah, well, we're nine days away, uh, so it'll be a week from Saturday. The Saints play against the Texans. That's the opener. It'll be in Houston. Uh, Saints at Texans. 
8 p.m. next Saturday, uh, a week from Saturday. So nine days away. David, unmute yourself. Uh, what's what's the thing you're looking for? And in this by the way, David, thanks for becoming a patron. Appreciate you. No, no problem, guys. Um, yeah, uh, what about Chris Hernan, right? Um, yeah. That's – I think that's a guy who has a lot of talent, you know, has a lot of potential, played on a really bad Jets offense, but he showed he showed flashes and uh, what he's been injured lately, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think he has a shot. And, you know, that's one of our need positions. As much as I like Adam Troutman and everyone gives me flag for it, uh, it is a need position. So I think, you know, we can look towards him and Trevor Penny, you know. I'm going to give you a bad I think, women. first of all, you, you know, you liking Troutman is looking better by the day. So he, he's having a great camp. So you may have the last laugh at fans that are mocking you because I, I think he may be turning a corner. So that, that's that's something we'll have to do. I'm telling you, man, that dude went through so much adversity, especially last year, going through four, four quarterbacks, you know. It, I mean, he had his first year was the COVID year. I mean, it's just I don't know. And David, I'll give you a name. I'll give you a name to compare to the new tight end the Saints got from the Jets. And David Patton was a guy in two thousand. What was it seven? Andrew, where he had been. He had a couple good years with New England. Then he got in. Then he went to Tennessee. He got injured. He was kind of almost like done in the NFL. He came to the Saints. And he miraculously got healthy for one year and was like a 60-catch, 800-yard dude. And this guy for the Jets, I think I think that's that that would be the best case for him. I'm glad that David brought Chris Herndon up because, you know, he, he as a rookie, he became a starter for the Jets yeah, and kind of had a promising, interesting first year. And, you know, then he had an injury. Then he came back. He was a starter again. So – He's been a starting starting tight end in the league, and you know, he was traded last year, I think, to the Vikings. But and he started some games for them. And I'm really, really surprised to see him at this stage available. That that yeah. that was kind of a head scratcher. But for the Saints to get him now, when you consider, you know, I don't know that Nick Vanette is a better tight end than Chris Herndon. I don't know. I mean, Taysom Hill, you know, he's coming back from injury, so we'll see. Lucas Kroll, you know, undrafted rookie, we'll see. But, like, the cupboard's pretty bare there, and there is absolutely an opportunity for him to make this team. We joke about Kiko Alonso, and you know, he's, he's going to have to outplay, like, you know, the Zach Vaughns of the world. But, like, and, uh, the market Herndon's in the mix. Uh, three catches and a touchdown away next Saturday from being the starting tight end. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> The uh, what about a uh, Demarco Jackson too, right? The uh, linebacker, Mark, uh, uh, was it Apple? Is Arkansas State or Appalachian State? Yeah, I, I mean, look, it's it's uh, the, the preseason is for guys like that is, is freaking huge, and, and you yeah. know, honestly, more so making plays on defense, I think, actually matters less than making plays on special teams. If you know what I blows see? a guy up or forces a fumble on a kickoff, like to me, you look at DeMarco Jackson, he's never going to start over DeMario. He's not going to start over Warner. So like Warner. So like making a play there is way more critical to, for, for his ability to make the roster and just like his standing. So like, either, look, you look at special teams. This is something that I always say, by the way, David, like 
pay attention when it's the opening kickoff. Who is on that kickoff team? When, when Will Lutz lines up on the opening kickoff of the game, who are the 10 players on the field? Because that tells you who the top gunners are. And that will tell you, in a lot of cases, what, 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 the, what, the, what the back half of the roster is. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. So, yeah. um, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I forgot what I was going to no. ask. Um, but I was going to mention, yeah. Andrew had said, this was a, a few years ago, he's like, Ralph, JT Gray is going to make the team. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's on the opening kickoff. He's on every, every special team. Every special team that matters, he's, he's on it. He's making the team. Now, now I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so you guys remember last year, I think we played against the Jaguars, and you saw Paulson Adibu make plays, right? Mm-hmm. That's Cowboy what I want to see. I want to see who can make plays. And you could just kind of see that Paulson Adibu, he, he had something, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to see if someone has, you know, that thing. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. it, it's 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 fun, and 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 I think tight end, I think running back, I think what Andrew said, the 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 special teams. I think I think there's places for this team. There's 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 obvious places to make to make not only make the team but shoot up and solidify spots. So, David, it'll be interesting. The one thing is though, with and thanks for joining us. The one thing is Andrew with the three preseason games, it's really we it's really strange how these teams are gonna because how these teams are gonna play it. Start how are they gonna play the starters a lot? Are they gonna play them the first two games, then rest them the third? Are they gonna treat the third preseason game like they used to treat it, even though they're gonna have a week off after it? It's gonna be really interesting to see how these teams uh, do it. And and Dennis Allen may have a different philosophy than Peyton so it may be completely different than what we're used to that that's another thing uh well look I I don't think we'll see the true identity of Dennis Allen and just what what his kind of style of coaching is and how it differs from Sean Payton we'll get a bigger better feel for that going into the season I think you know he will keep some things close to the vest and remember a lot of times with preseason, this isn't the full offense. Teams keep things vanilla. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm going to throw out another thing that I'm really looking at in preseason. You know, Ian Book kind of kind of struggled in camp. You know, he's been a little bit – he had some moments and then he's really been struggling lately. So, it hasn't been a great camp for him so far. But, you know, I, I still look I, – I don't know that Ian Book is ever the future. I, I know he's never the future as far as starting quarterback. But can he be Chase Daniel? Can he be a long-term second-string backup? Can he get his game to be good enough that the Saints trust that they don't have to keep signing, you know, the, the Trevor Simeons and the Andy Daltons of the world? Can they, can they get by with Ian Book being, you know, the Luke McCown or the Chase Daniel of the team? So I, I am interested in seeing him play and seeing what he can do in a lot of these third and fourth quarters of these games that are virtually meaningless. Yeah, so we're going to get to Royce and Nate, but I'm going to give you one more thing to watch in the preseason, Andrew, and it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. I'm going to get more excited about Chris Olave the less I see of him in the preseason, and here's why. The Saints, in 2006, they traded Deontay Stallworth 
and Marcus Colson. I don't. You think he, uh, you almost said stall. I almost you said stall. I almost I almost said it, and I wanted I wanted to, but I I got it right. So they traded Stallworth. Colston, I believe, didn't play at all in the preseason. And then the Saints just dropped him on the NFL, dropped him on – he was great in Cleveland. He was great in Carolina. Uh, he, he was great the first four weeks when they they started 3-0. and uh, So I think if I don't see Olave, and as long as he's healthy and looking great in practice, I think that means Pete Carmel is like, yeah, I got this ace. I ain't showing you a damn thing. We're going to wait. We're going to wait till week one to break up I like Olave. it. Yeah. Royce, uh, unmute yourself, and here's your first question to us from us. Uh, who has the most catches against the Falcons? Is it Olave, Michael Thomas, or Jarvis Landry? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, damn, man. Shit. Uh, I'm going to go Adam Troutman has the most catches. Wow. Whoa. I, I probably, uh, I think – I think Michael is going to have to ramp up. You know, maybe it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe he's like, oh, I'm going to shit on these guys for week one. But I think Trotman might come out. I don't know if he's going to get the most yards, but he might get like Royce. seven, eight. Uh, I was going to ask Royce what he's drinking tonight, but it's no, not no, no. if he went straight, lo- straight for the bath salts. I love this, Royce, because if the Saints would house Atlanta – and Troutman would have like nine for a buck thirty and two. Do you know how sad and despondent Falcons fans would be? They'd be like, not only did the Saints house us, not only are we terrible, and we're probably going to pick first. The tight end that the Saints fans didn't even believe in, most of them didn't even want him to be on the team still. He just burned us to the ground and looked like a Hall of Famer. Do you know how fun that would be, week one? I, I want this. I fully endorse this theory, Royce. <laughs> no, I I don't know if he's going to get 130 yards, but I think it's going to be like, you know, eight receptions, <laughs> nine receptions, and then it's like 70, 80 yards, and I realize, oh, he's got the most receptions. But then we're like, Olave or like, party as, like, you know, they have a couple of big plays, and they get most, get most of the yards. Because I really don't think Thomas um, is going to do it. This Royce, and I got to say, I think – while I would eventually come around to accepting Troutman as a good player, I think I would lean into the fact that he sucks for at least another week, just just to add emphasis to the fact that e- even though like j- just to insult the Falcons further. In other words, this guy is terrible, but you just let him go wild That's on right. you. That's how bad you are. Yeah. Oh man, no, that'll be funny. Yeah, that'll be funny. Royce. Thanks, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. I, I, I one more thing I'll Go say ahead. this before. I, um, with regards to Kemp, I want, I'll say about Trevor Penny. I, I, I know he's raw. And I know. I wish honestly to talk more about like how he's actually performing than all the camp fights. But man, like how people really watch this guy move, it's actually like I watched some of the clips and I'm like, we all seen the same clips. I'm like, wait, this guy is how big, how tall? Like it's it's actually surreal. Um, if he like if they, if he gets that like the BS out of the system, year three we could be saying this is the best tackle in the NFL because his movement is outrageous and the strength where he knows there. I mean, he he's can a Raz really god. really move. People for, people have forgotten with all the fighting. Like he is a Raz god. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Was he a ten, Andrew, or like a nine nine or something? Yeah, he's higher than Teron Armstead physically. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a freak. He's off the charts. I think he was like a nine nine six. Um, so no, that's a great point, Royce. I mean, we look, we know the physical attributes are there. 
And look, he got kicked out of practice fighting three days in a row. Uh, let's see how he responds. I, I think, uh, you know, Chris Rose, Rose friend of the show, who's been on our program before, um, you know, he, he had a good tweet the other day, which I, which I agreed with. And, you know, it's basically like, okay, like he's kind of been going a little wild here. He's been, he's been letting his hair down, but let's, let's, he got thrown out of practice. I'm sure the coaching staff kind of talked with him. And again, it kind of goes back to the tutelage that he has Marone, Zach street, Jari Evans. He's got the right people in his ear. So let's see how he responds. Let's not, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's, let's wait to see how things go over the next week and, and into the preseason. And look, I, I think very quickly, if he starts to get into it with a Texans player next Saturday, I have a feeling we might love that. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the, the one thing is I will say people were like, if Jameis gets suplexed again, at least we know Trevor Penning won't put up with it. So... So that's good. I mean, it's thank, – thanks for joining us. For, I mean, Andrew, like the yeah, fight – Yeah, that's the thing. Like, dude, I, I think uh, Devin White, if he pulled that stunt on uh, Jameis with Trevor Penning on the field, at least you know that he'd snap Devin White in half. I'm, he might get ejected, but not before he snaps I mean, Devin White in half. They had a bunch of people that were like, Ralph, you're not taking this serious. And I'm like, he's fighting camp. Like, what do you want me to do? We're going to have Thomas build us a graphic – Every day that he doesn't fight, every day that he has a, re- a fight, we'll reset it back to zero. But like, either he stops fighting every day and he does and he figures it out, or he's getting uh, goaded into penalties during the regular season, and it's a problem. Like, I don't like. There's nothing else to say. Like, you know. Well, I will. I will say this though, Ralph. Um, you know, scouts, uh, opposing teams. They pay attention to this kind of news. Oh, 100%. And, and, and that, that seed is already planted. All right, the rookie in New Orleans, he's got a short temper. He's got, he, he's, he's got a, he's, he, he busts a fuse, you know? And so I think with that temper comes the knowledge that teams are like, okay, you, you, can, get, you can get at him mentally. So, you know, he's got that nasty streak. Do you start to get in his head? Do you start to say certain things? And maybe he retaliates. Maybe he gets he costs the Saints a 15-yard penalty. So you know the, the word gets out real quickly because there's this league. When it comes to scouting, it it is the most significant of any sports league in the world. And so you know the 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 coaching staff, the the players for other teams, like they're already aware of this. I promise you. Yeah. And the second Trevor Penning gets on the field, they're going to test out that theory, and they're going to see if they can find a way to get their team a free 15 yards because of his mental makeup. So he will be tested, and uh, you know we'll see how he responds. All right, Nate, you're going to be the last uh, person we're going to let speak because we've been on here for like an hour and 25 minutes. But, Nate, what you got for us uh, tonight? Oh, man, I appreciate you bringing me up as always. But, uh, yeah, my question was kind of stolen there at the end, but I'll still repeat. It's kind of a different – but. Uh, the week one starter, you know, we hear about the fights with Trevor Penning. We, we don't hear a lot about the way he's produced. Uh, I don't because I'm in Seattle, of course. I'm not at camp. I'm not in New Orleans. But uh, I don't hear too much about, like, the way he's producing in camp. I actually hear a lot about James Hurst and how he's taking first-team starter reps and James Hurst. I was just wondering what uh, you guys think, who will be the week one starter, or if you, you still have no idea on that and if it's still a close battle between those two. 
I, I think right now, uh, her, it's definitely Hurst. I mean, if you were to ask me, you know, if the Saints had a game tomorrow, Hurst is starting. Um, uh, Penning has a long way to go, both in terms of just technique. There's still a lot of like slight, sloppy refinement and just well, he's coming from Northern Iowa, you know? So I, I think there may be a little growing up to do along with that. So uh, he, he's a ways away right now. And I think he's going to have to figure it out here pretty quickly. Now we know he has the, uh, but I, again, like we know he has the talent, but like, I don't think there's a huge rush. The saints are in a good spot here where they have a, a good player that can hold it down in James Hurst. So I, I think Penning is trying to find his footing, trying to figure it out. But, you know, I think right now, if you ask me, is he ready? Is he going to play week one? I would say no. I think it's going to be Hurst. And I think Pete and Ruiz, at least so far, have played well enough that they're going to hold down the guard. He's got to get in the starting lineup soon because I have like a dozen thick Underhill jokes that I got to fire off. And I can't, <laughs> I can't fire off my, I can't fire off my five star golden material, my thick Underhill material until Trevor Penning's is starting. So he's got to get, he's got to be starting week. Well, one. here's the thing: Penning will see the field, and you know that Carmichael will do the tackle eligible sixth <laughs> offensive lineman jumbo tight end, and I can promise you uh, that if Penning's not a starter, that he's going to be getting plenty of a snaps. Thick, with that. A, a <clears> thick <throat> Underhill touchdown week one versus Atlanta will break the break the internet. Well, let me ask you, Andrew. When we drafted Penny, you know, a first rounder, top fifteen, did you did we did we all assume that he was going to be the day one starter? And is James Hurst kind of like closing the door on that, or is 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 it a situation where maybe Penny's not ready as we thought he was? Because to to not start over James Hurst, I, I get it. James Hurst is a good, solid veteran, but like, come on, dude, come on. I mean, sure. Well, yeah, I know. hear you. I, I look. I, I think the whole thing with Penning was that he he was kind of graded as a low first-round pick. And the reason for that was, although he was supremely athletic and everyone talks about the 996 RAS score and, you know, he, he he's fast, he's big, he's tall, he's agile, he's powerful, he's got, he's got everything. He's got every tool and, and every reason to be successful. But... He, he was very undisciplined. I mean, uh, you know, Zach Shreef himself told me that, you know, there, there were some things that he did at the senior bowl that would have been a penalty every time in the NFL. And it was kind of one of those things where when they were working with him, they were telling him, look, you got to break this habit. Cause like we get that that worked for you at a low level college football program, but referees, the way they officiate, they're not going to let you get away with that. You will get a flag. So, and, and I think there's some habits that he has that are tough to break. And, you know, again, the Northern Iowa thing, when you go up against guys, you play at Northern Iowa and you play in that conference, a lot of times he's so big, he's so powerful that, like, he really doesn't need technique. He doesn't need, you know, the, the finer details. He, all he has to do is line up next to the guy in front of him and knock him down as soon as, as, soon as the ball snapped. And that's... That came to him very easily. But, get you know, the defensive ends in the NFL, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. So that's where the little things start to matter and technique matters. And so he, he's starting to learn that stuff. But that was the book on Penning all along, and that's why he wasn't a top 10 pick, and it's why he wasn't a top 15 pick. I mean, the, the, the write-up on Penning was that low first-round grade, tremendous player, his ceiling is extremely high, could probably be a Pro Bowl tackle one day. But he's probably not going to be a day one starter 
because there's just a lot of things that you have to coach out of them. And there's a lot of things that you have to develop. So uh, that that's the reality. And so I think right now with, with Hurst, you have a guy that's solid. He's not great. You know what his, you know what he is. He doesn't have a very high ceiling, but you know what you're going to get out of him. And the variance with Penning right now is a ceiling that's much higher than Hurst and a floor that's much lower than Hurst. So that's what the Saints are dealing with right now, and it's just a question of getting him up to speed. So, you know, the million-dollar question, Nate, is how long does it take? Uh, is, is it a three-week thing where your Hurst is your starter for three weeks and then Penning's going, or is it a full season? Uh, what I do know is they're going to try to get him on the field again as that jumbo tight end six guy, which Zach Streif did early in his career, if you remember. Uh, so I, I think he's going to get his feet wet with that, and we'll just see how quickly he learns. Yeah, and and listen, it can be – there's a scenario, I think – and thanks for joining us. Nate, I think there's a scenario, Andrew, where the Saints are successful – they win, the offense looks good, and Trevor Penning has like a semi-redshirt year where he's the tackle-eligible dude. Hurst just holds it down. You get very, very good injury luck at on offensive line, which the Saints haven't had in a while. Maybe they're due for it. And we're like, the Saints went 12-5, and five and Trevor Penning didn't really play. And that's cool. And maybe, and it's next, but then next year you're like, come on, dude. It's year two. You, they picked you in the top twenty. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be get on the field. But I think there's a scenario where like Trevor Penning doesn't necessarily factor into the season, and it doesn't sink it. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I I, I tend to think that they're gonna need him sooner or later. And I I just think if if Trevor Penning figures it out and he's playing this season, uh, and he's playing well. Like the, the Saints are just going to be better off. Uh, but I will tell you this. I think out of the gate and getting tossed from practice, like he, he is going about this the wrong way. I think he's trying. <laughs> he's trying maybe a little bit too hard to stand out right now. Uh, and it's backfiring a little bit. So uh, I, I don't think there's a problem. Uh, I, I, you know, th- it isn't time to worry or panic. But I will say I think Penning, Penning is off to a little bit of a rocky Bumpy. start. Yeah, and he's going to have to figure that out. Yeah, but the thing is, this is what we were told. We were told Olave was was a plug-and-play receiver. He was the best route runner in college football. The Saints thought he was the number one receiver on their board. He's a plug-and-play dude. He's been as advertised, and Penning, his Raz was perfect, but he's raw as hell, and it's going to take a minute. Like, this is what they told us all off season after they picked them, and this is what it is. So, like, don't – I mean, I can't be, like, surprised, you know? Like, Yeah, I think things, everything is on schedule. So, yeah. by the way, before we get out of here, support the freaking show. I should have said it a bunch of times earlier. Support the show. We do amazing stuff. We do training reca- training camp recaps every day after practice before anyone else we have sam we do all kinds of fun stuff support the show and sign up for the live show september 16th friday port orleans rsvp join us it's gonna be amazing we're gonna have a great night getting you ready for tampa we're gonna hang out before the show we're gonna hang out after the show join us i promise it'll be a great friday night for you guys thanks for joining us and we will see you again tomorrow.